Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to come together, to fellowship you, Father, to learn your word. We ask now that you be with your word as it goes out, Father, that it will accomplish what it was sent to do. And we give you the praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. <clears throat> now, I don't think that all these jokes are biblically accurate, so don't be giving me any kind of hate. But anyway, so this... Uh, very nice, loving husband, attended to his wife for years and years and years and years. He passes away. And um, two years later, she passes away. And she comes running into the gates of heaven and she hugs him and tells him how much she's missed him and what all the things that he left her to do and all the things that she, he needed to do for her since she was there. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. My contract said, until death do us part. <clears throat> <clears throat> Yeah, <clears throat> Billy Simmons gave me that one. That was as good as it gets. All right, so um, what we're going to talk about today is prayer. <clears throat> I spend a lot of time in this pulpit talking about studying God's Word and, and meditating on God's Word and renewing our mind and reading the Word and, and right, because we know that Hosea says that our people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So it's knowledge, knowledge. That's what we're, we're working on, knowledge. <clears throat> but today we're going to talk about prayer. Because, you know, that's a pretty good source of knowledge as well. We're going to talk about all the different kinds of prayers and different <clears throat> areas where prayer has been used and, and kind of what it means to us. <clears throat> and one of my favorite stories about prayer is in the Old Testament, if you'll turn with me to the book of Kings, 1 Kings. <clears throat> um, it was a guy named Elijah, and Elijah spent a lot of time um, as the prophet of Israel, and he went around and he did all kinds of stuff, and he had some really awesome stories, and we're going to cover a couple today, but <clears throat> in chapter 17, now Elijah, wherever he's from, said to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives and whom I serve, there will neither be dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word, right? So he made a proclamation to the king and said, until I say different, <clears throat> it's not going to rain. It's not going to do, it's not going to rain, it's not going to rain. Now, I know a lot of y'all who have outdoor events wish you had that authority to say that it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. And, and then there are a lot of folks who plant crops who say, when I say it rains, it rains. I mean, this would be, but, <clears throat> but Elisha took authority of God and said it is not going to rain. All right. So, so <clears throat> if you imagine being the king and, and, and being over a group of people and somewhat responsible for that group of people's well-being, and then it not to rain, that's not a real good thing for you as king, right? It's not a real good, um, <clears throat> it's not a fun time. Why? Because the economy is really in bad shape, right? In an agrarian society, right, when they plant crops and raise cows and that's how they survive, no rain is a death sentence. <clears throat> so, so, King Ahab was not necessarily all that excited that Elijah had done this or, or had said this. And then it didn't rain for three years. So if you will, verse uh, chapter 18. And after a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go and present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the land. <clears throat> so from chapter 17 to chapter 18, um, Ahab's folks had started killing prophets and they were killing them at a rapid pace. Anybody that had anything to do with God, they were hunting them down and killing them, right? 
And they have been hiding out in caves. And, and, and even in 18, Obadiah talks to Elijah about he's taken 100 prophets and he's hid 50 in one cave and 50 in the other cave. And he, <clears throat> he's smuggling them water and he's smuggling them food. He's keeping them alive. So Elijah says that I'm here to present myself to, to Ahab today. <clears throat> um, and, and Obadiah was not real happy about that because he knew that Ahab was going to kill him if Elijah said, I'm here, and then he didn't actually show up, and Elijah said he was here, and then didn't do what he said he was going to do. <clears throat> so, if you will, 18. Oh, man. Uh, verse 19. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel, and bring 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah, <clears throat> who eat at Jezebel's table. And so as uh, Ahab sent throughout all of Israel and assembled all the prophets on Mount Carmel, and Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? For if the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. Right? So this is a <clears throat> come to Jesus meeting before Jesus got here. Right? He was trying to make everybody understand that there is but one living God. And it was only one way really to do it in, in his opinion because God had done all of what he said he was going to do. But these people just wouldn't listen. And so Elijah got to the point to where this something's got to change. Right. How long do you halt between two opinions? You either serve God or you serve Baal. <clears throat> um, ba -ba 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 -ba. And then Elijah said to them, I am only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 Go get two bulls for us and let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but not set it on fire. And I will prepare the other bull and I will put it on the wood and neither set it on fire. Then you call the name of your God and I will call on the name of the Lord God <clears throat> and the God who answered by fire. He is the God. And you see, he's talking about that and he says, the God, little G, who answers is the, he is God. Right. The one and only the living God. Right. So we gonna have a contest. And today we're going to decide who gets the little G and who gets the big G. <clears throat> then Elijah said to them, oh, 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 oh. then all the people said, what you say is good. Right. Fair. Good contest. It's like flipping coins. Whatever you say, we're going to do it. <clears throat> then they called on the name of Baal from morning until noon. Baal answered us, and they shouted, but there was no response, and no one answered. And they danced around the altar. <clears throat> and at noon, Elijah began to taunt them, which I probably would not give them four hours before I started taunting them, but Elijah was a good man of God. And so he gave them till noon, and he said, Shout a little louder, for surely he is God, little G. Perhaps he is deep in thought, or busy, or traveling, or maybe he is asleep. He must be awakened. And they shouted louder and they slashed themselves with swords and spears as with their custom until blood flowed. And mid midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until it was time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No, no one answered. No one paid attention. And then Elijah said to the people, come here to me. And they came to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. And Elijah took 12 stones, one of each of the tribes for the descendants of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, that your name shall be Israel. And with the stones he built the altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench around it, a large enough to hold two seeps of seed. <clears throat> he arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, 
fill four large jars with water and pour it <clears throat> on the offering and on the wood. Now, if you are trying to start a fire in general, you're not pouring water on the fire before you're going to start a fire. I mean, is that how y'all start fire? That, that's not normally it. I mean, maybe some lighter fluid, maybe some diesel fluid, some burnt oil, some gasoline, if you really, you know, don't like all the hair on the front of your face, if that's what you, really what you want to do. But I mean, there are liquids that, that create fire, um, but water's not in that bunch. And then he told them, do it again and do it again. Do it a third time. And they did it a third time, and the water ran down the altar and filled the trench around the altar. <clears throat> And at the time of the sacrifice, Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and, and Israel, let it be known today that you are the God of Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord. Answer me so that these people will know. So, we, so these people will know that you, Lord, are the God and they're turning the hearts back again. <clears throat> Now, let me tell you, as a person of faith, I can't imagine the pressure that he felt on the inside. Because as a person of faith, to get here and speak to you, there's pressure from me, from my flesh, to make sure that I'm doing what God exactly wanted me to say and do. And then I go back and listen to it and say, oh, Lord, I wasn't supposed to say that. I was supposed to say this. I used this example wrong. And, and I critique, I don't know if y'all know that or not. Philip used to tell granddaddy, granddaddy would get a CD every week where he could listen to the sermon. And Philip would tell granddaddy, if you paid attention a little bit better, you wouldn't have to have a CD. <clears throat> but I listened to me as harsh as it sounds, every week to try to do this better, right? But I can't imagine the pressure. <clears throat> you have everybody from the whole town and the city and the nation of Israel standing around, and 450 of one group of your enemies and 400 of your group of your other enemies, and you invite them all to one place to stand in one place to watch you pray to the Most High God. Now, I have no doubt in any of that conversation that God doesn't do what God's supposed to do. But it would be heavy on me to be to the point to where did Robbie do what Robbie was supposed to do? Because it would, I would be embarrassed if for some reason I didn't show up and do what I was. <clears throat> Granddad used to say if I wasn't prayed up enough. If I wasn't prayed up enough to do what I was supposed to do right there. Because maybe that's why he waited till noon to mock him. Because I'd have been mocking him at like 8.05. I mean, you know, we, we wouldn't give him much time. <clears throat> but at that moment... That he prayed in front of all of these people, right? So, so it's 400, I mean, it's 850 of the enemy. I don't know how many of the good guys were there, but it was supposed to be the whole nation. It had to be a few. Now, the other part of this miracle is, and I read some funny memes, and it's the AV folks, the how the miracle of feeding the 5,000 was that Jesus was able to talk to 5,000 people without the right microphone. <clears throat> but I mean, it's another miracle here that Elijah standing on top of the mountain. And I mean, I bet he didn't pray quiet, right? He had to pray loud enough that where they could hear what he was saying. I mean, the other guys had done yelled and screamed and cut themselves and thrown themselves down and whatever. <clears throat> uh, verse 38, then the fire of the Lord fell and it burnt up the sacrifice in the wood, in the stones, in the soil, and it licked up the water in the trench. Nah. I grew up in a house with a buck stove run by Bob. And I think there are a couple of times in my life that that fire could have licked up the water out of the trench. 
<clears throat> when we lived in the double wide on Russellville Road, on any given cold night, you could have rode by and seen me in my underwear standing on the front porch trying to cool off from the fire that was inside of the house because it was glowing. But you're talking about a fire that fell from heaven that burnt up the sacrifice and the wood. Okay, I get that. All of that stuff burns up. And then the stones and then the water. Wait a minute. That's pretty impressive, right? It lapped the water up out of the trench. And then Elijah commanded them, seize the prophets of Baal, do not let anyone away. And they seized them, and then they killed them all, right? Just in case y'all, you know, this was a pretty rough deal, right? Because Elijah felt like that going in, that Ahab already wanted to kill him, right? He already knew. Obadiah told him, hey, look, he wants to kill you. So if I go and announce that you're here, and you're not here, he's going to kill me. But I'm pretty certain he's going to kill you either way. <clears throat> so it's a pretty, and you're talking about a man of faith. He walked into a situation knowing that if he was wrong just a little bit, that it was certain death, right? And so they seized them all and killed them. And then Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink for the sound of a heavy rain. Now, <clears throat> we were walking at the ball field last weekend, could smell the rain. And, and, and if you live in the country, right, we, we had a couple of city folks with us, and they were like, what do you mean you smell the rain? You don't smell the rain? You can smell the rain coming. And they were like, no, we don't smell the rain. I'm like, y'all got to get out of the city that y'all live in, because y'all probably just smell the trash in the sewer. You need to get out in the country where you can smell the grass and the trees and the rain. Now, coming from somebody who can smell the rain, Elijah's talking about he can hear the rain, and he's hearing the rain that hasn't happened for three years. For three years, it hasn't happened. It hasn't even been a heavy dew for three years. We missed a month of, was it April? I think we missed a whole month of April with like one rain. And that was a tough month. The grass wanted to die. Three years. Go eat and drink, for there's a sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went, and, and he did what he was supposed to do, right? Ahab was like, okay, I'll go do it if you told me to. I mean, he did just call fire down from heaven, I guess. It's pretty easy to be moved at that moment. <clears throat> eat and drink, and Elijah come down from the top of Mount Carmel and bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees and said, go look towards the sea. He told his servant, and when he went and looked, he said, there is nothing there. Now... When Elijah had prayed to start this, right, he made a proclamation that will not rain until God says it will rain. And now he's there on his hands and knees with his face between his knees, and he said, go look again. After he prayed, he knew that God was, he knew that God was faithful. He knew that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. Go look again. And he came back and said, there's nothing. He said, no, no, go look again. And he came back and there was nothing to go look again. And he actually did it seven times. And on the seventh time, his servant said, there's about a cloud the size of a man's hand that I can see. Now, that does not look like the rain we've been looking for. I mean, we've been watching the radar for the rain we've been looking for. And it's huge clouds have not got the rain we were supposed to have. But here... This is the, the cloud the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. And Elijah in faith said, go tell Ahab that he needs to hook up to his horse and chariot. And they need to get going because it's getting ready to rain so hard they're not going to be able to go. What? You, yeah, you go bogged down. You got to go. And then we're in a three-year drought. Ain't nobody bogged down nothing. There ain't been no water. There's no moisture. 
But all of a sudden, Nail, I need you to get going because if you don't get going, it's going to rain so hard, you're not going to be able to run your chariots. <clears throat> and so they do. Meanwhile, meanwhile, while they were hooking up to the chariots, the sky grew black with clouds and the wind rose and a heavy rain started to fall. And Ahab rose, rode off to Jezreel and the power of the Lord. And this is one of my favorite parts of the whole Bible. And the power of the Lord fell and came on Elijah and he tucked up his garment. He reached down and grabbed it. And he outrun, he ran ahead of, which means he outrun the chariots about 12 miles to the gates of Jezreel. Now, I don't know if y'all ever tried to outrun a horse. I don't know if y'all ever tried to outrun somebody. Let's go, let's back up. I don't know if you ever tried to outrun a child for a minute. Just, you know, from like, like when the toddler, when they put something in their mouth and you're like, come here and they take off running. When you got to outrun a child, it's a short burst. He outrun the chariots and the horses for 12 miles in front of them. You think the power of prayer is pretty important in this story? Because what happened? Prayer stopped the rain. No rain. Prayer started to rain. And in the middle of it, they killed 450 bad guys. Oh, that's a pretty effective day if you have to have a, an effective day as a prophet. So Elijah, in this one day, showed everybody who the real God was, right? <clears throat> in the power of prayer. All right. Now, and you go, that's cool. I get it. Elijah was a prophet. I'm not a prophet. That ain't who I am. So what does this mean to me? Well, good question. So if you will, turn to 1 John. Or not. They'll show it to you on the screen in just a second. Um, chapter 5 and verse 14. And John says, this is the confidence that we have when we approach God, that we ask anything according to his will, that he hears us, and we know that if he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we will have what we ask of him. So when we start talking about what his will was, now you think about where Elijah was. It was God's will for it not to rain, Right? God come to Elijah and told him to tell them it's not going to rain. Right? God's will set that up. Three years went by. God came back to Elijah and said, okay, now I want you to go show yourself to Ahab so that they know that I'm God and I want it to rain. Now, if God wanted it to rain, God could have made it rain at any point in time in that situation. The day he went to see Ahab, the day they called all the people to the mountain while they were building the altar, before they built the altar, after they built the altar. After the fire fell from heaven, the fire could have fell from heaven and it started raining. But not until Elijah prayed did the rain fall. Now that was God's will for the rain to fall. God wanted the rain to fall the whole time. He didn't create anything. He didn't change anything. He didn't convince God of doing something different. God's will was originally for it to rain, for it to rain, to stop raining for a period of time, and then to start back raining. Nobody affected that. But the prayer of the righteous man, I got to get the right words. The prayer of the righteous man brought God's will to fruition. It 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 could have happened at any point in time. Right? At any point in time in three years, God could have let it rain at any point in time. Easy. 
But it was for the prayer of the righteous man to be used as an example unto the, all of the people of Israel that God is God. And that that prayer happened. And, in, in, you know, maybe if you're a critic of the Bible, you go, well, he just picked a good day. He, he happened to pray and it, it rained later on that afternoon. Right? If you play the devil's advocate. Well, it sure didn't rain the other however many 9,050-something days it did in the three years it was from one to the other. See, what happens is, is the world tries to come up with a lot of coincidences, right? It is a coincidence. Oh, well, yeah, it was a coincidence. <clears throat> Let me tell you a story. And I don't know if I ever told this, and some of y'all saw it in person. I don't know if you've ever saw it. Uh, eight, ten years ago, I don't know. I, I'm terrible with time. It was last week. No, it wasn't last week. We did some boxes for the troops to send at Christmas, right? It was a service project. We got all the people together, and we did DVDs and books and soap and all kinds of stuff. Y'all remember? Who remembers? Some? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went through this whole session of packing these boxes. We had stage after stage after stage after stage after stage of all these different boxes. And all the different boxes had, you know, stage one put in the, the toiletries, and then stage two put in something else. And when we got done, we had counted them all out. When we got done, we had one bag of brownies left that was supposed to be in one of those like 80 boxes. I don't remember. It was about 80 boxes. One bag of brownies, 80 boxes, and they were all wrapped up, and, and Bridget Horn was flipping out because she was the one who was supposed to be putting the brownies in, and I have one, and we counted them and counted them and counted them, and now we're going to send all of these packages away, and that one guy is not going to get brownies, and this is really bad. And we kind of, we'd already wrapped them. They were all wrapped, sealed, delivered, finished, done. And it's not a big miracle, but I pray for God's wisdom. And I pray for God to show me which box didn't have been in it. And in a real good coincidence, I picked the one out of 80, opened that, we put the brownies in, we wrapped it back up. In a real good coincidence. Now, I don't like my, I, I'm not very, um, I don't get lucky a whole lot, right? So I don't like my chances of picking one out of 80 without God being there. But with God there, I picked one out of 80, one, we unwrapped one, we put the brownies in it. And then I'm going to tell you, there was no, I mean, we had them spread out and feeling them and shaking them and trying to figure out. And I prayed over it, walked to one, picked it up, opened it. We put the brownies in it. We wrapped it up and it went about. Why? Because I'm special? No. Because I diligently prayed to God that, God, I need you to show me this. I need you to show me what is that. And when we pray those kind of prayers, God shows up. Now, in my household, we do that a lot. We have those kind of prayers a lot. Not which box don't have the brownies in it. It's, you know, where are my car keys? Where's my wallet? Um, where did the kids hide the remote control? And, and I, I mean, God, like when I start praying that kind of prayer, God goes, oh, uh, <clears throat> it's on the coffee table right under the book. You need to go over there and get it in. But I'm going to tell you, I have unintentionally not prayed about that same thing and walked around my house for days and days and days and looked for something and I know it's right here. I can't believe I don't know where it's at and around and around and I go, wait a minute. Holy Spirit, I know you know where it's at and if you just, you know, tell me we'll just all be over. I know that God wants us to have what we're supposed to have and I know it's his will. If you just show me where it's at, I really appreciate it. Done. Oh, it's over there. Oh, it's, um, we threw it in the trash. Oh, and, it, and it's, it's remarkable. 
And I don't know why I waste my time not praying about it to start off with. I don't know how I get to where I'm three days deep going, God, I can't figure out where this thing is at. And then I go, oh, wait a minute, maybe I should pray about it. Oh, that would be a good idea. How many decisions do we make on a day-to-day basis that we should be praying about? Me and Mr. Bill were talking about it today. We're talking about buying and selling businesses and making business decisions and making commitments to things. And the first answer, <clears throat> he got asked a question not so long ago, and his first answer was, I got to pray about it. Now, in the flesh, it was a very easy decision, right? I mean, it, it was an a, a, a honor. But his first, his first answer was, I need to pray about this. How much more successful would we be as a group if our first answer was, whoa, 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 I need to pray about this. I need to pray about whether this is the job for me. I need to pray about whether this is the person I'm supposed to be dating or not. So my mama, when she was dating before my father, she she was dating someone and, and, and granddaddy said, you need to pray about this. And she didn't want to pray about it. And she cried and cried and cried. And she didn't want to pray about it. And I'm sure most of y'all have heard this story. And why don't you want to pray about it? Because I know he's not the one. Well, then why are you dating him? But we make life-changing decisions. And we don't pray about them a lick. Over and over. And we're going to get to some more scripture. Holy smokes. No, we're not. We're going to get to at least one more scripture. Man, where did the 30 minutes go? All right, so uh, Matthew, and this is not even the kind of praying I'm talking about, but Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, Jesus says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the street corner to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen, and then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. <clears throat> and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they will think <clears throat> they will be heard because of their many words, right? If you look at what happened with Elijah and the prophets of Baal, Elijah prayed and it happened. The prophets of Baal yelled and screamed and jumped them down and danced and cut themselves. That is not how we pray. That's not how we pray. And I really and I, I pray in public a bunch, right? I end up praying in public a bunch. I get the opportunity to say the blessing, and it is an honor, always is. And I am always conscious of Matthew 6. I, I want to pray, and I want to pray to God, and I want to be efficient, and I want to do what I'm supposed to do. But have y'all ever been somewhere where somebody prayed, and then at some point in time you're like, well, I don't know if we're going to eat or we're just going to go home or they just go call it a wrap because this guy's never going to stop praying. Because people forget that you're praying and go, well, is he preaching now or is he praying? That, <clears throat> Jesus was very specific on that. That's not how we're supposed to act. When we pray, <clears throat> when we, I mean, and, and sometimes you have to pray in public, right? Sometimes you have to pray in public and it is what it is. We should be, we should pray and be succinct and and. and, and honor God and, and ask for his blessings and, and, and <clears throat> we're going to do this again next week because I can't get finished with it but when we pray we should look like people of God and people of God should know what this says 
That we, we don't want to pray on and on and on and on and on. And just babble and talk about stuff that's not important. When we're talking to God, it is a, a conversation. I mean, would, I mean, wait a minute. I was going to say, would you call somebody on the phone and just babble and babble and babble? But unfortunately, we do, right? <clears throat> Sometimes we do that. Like, I love my grandmama. You know, she calls somebody with the wrong number and, and talk like 30 minutes with the wrong number. Because that, that's what she does. That's not the kind of conversation we have with God. Right? But we have to start to focus on making decisions. <clears throat> this was like point one of three. So we're going to come back to this next week. But when we make our decisions or when we're put in a situation that where we're praying, that we have to be conscious of what God wants us to do and that we are praying according to God's will. All right? To do be continued. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word. Father, we thank you for this message. We give you the praise and honor and glory for it, Father. We thank you that we will be led to pray more, Father, to be led according to your spirit. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.